Hello, friend. My name is Denise Renner. I'm so glad that you've joined me today, and I'm grateful that you're with me. Today, we're going to talk about how we can be strong in these last days. And you know, there's going to be obstacles that stand in our way, and we're going to have to need to know how to get through those obstacles. You know, it says in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It's so different. It's so opposite. The devil wants to kill, steal, destroy. But Jesus, he wants to give us life and life more abundantly. Don't you want to experience that life more abundantly? I do. But I know, but for us to experience that life, there's going to be some obstacles. And that's what I want to talk to you about because we want to be strong enough that in these last days that we don't get stopped by obstacles, but that we see, oh, that's the enemy. He's trying to stop me. He's trying to get me to not receive what Jesus has for me. But I'm pushing forward. And Jesus said, I'm not a victim. He said, I'm more than a conqueror. So for us to have this mindset, that's what I want to talk to you about today. You know, sometimes we get bad news. Maybe, maybe you just have a bad day. Or, or maybe you've gotten bad news, bad diagnosis for your body. Or, or you found out something's going on with your child that, that just breaks your heart. Or, or something's happening with your husband. Or, some, or somebody lost their job. And you're moving forward with Jesus. And here stands this obstacle. It says, I'm big. I'm mean and I'm stopping you. You know what I'm talking about? We all run into those obstacles. And I want to tell you a story. And I love the story so much. It's from Mark chapter two. And oh, do these people ever fight through some obstacles? So it's Matthew chapter two and it's verse one. And it says, and again, he entered Capernaum, talking about Jesus, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that they were no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then there came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Well, these four men... They get to the door. They just, they, they're carrying their friend. That's big enough that they're carrying this man who's a paralytic. That means he probably can't walk. He probably can't sit. He probably is, is bedridden. And, he's, and this is his life, is to lay on this bed. And his friends, they hear about Jesus. And they say, we're going to get him to Jesus. Well, they get there and there's so many people at the door that they're just like, well, how are we going to get in? I mean, that is definitely an obstacle that you just can't even get in the door. 
And you know what? They're faced with some questions right at that moment. Are we just going to give up and say it's not worth it to fight through this crowd? Are we just going to say this will never work? Are we going to say there's too many obstacles? I'm not going to try anymore. I can't do this. Sometimes, friend, that's what we say to obstacles. But listen to what this, these four men said to those obstacles. Well, they did something that was like very unusual and completely amazing. And they said, if we can't get in the door, then we'll go through the roof. What? We can't do this. This isn't our house. We shouldn't be destroying these people's property and breaking their roof. But it doesn't stop them. Who was going to pay for the damages? What if we drop him? I mean, there's so many possible problems. And so it says in verse, in verse 4, and when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through the roof and laid and let down the man on which the paralytic, the bed on which the paralytic was laying. Okay, so now, now just imagine, just, just imagine the scene. Let's say that you and I are sitting, standing in that room. And we're listening to Jesus. Oh, this is so good. Oh, I'm so glad I came. Andrew, aren't you glad you came? Oh, yeah, I'm glad I came. Maria, aren't you glad you came? Oh, I'm so glad I came. He's so wise. He speaks with so much authority. Oh, there's so many people in here. Oh, I'm so glad I'm part of this crowd. And they're sitting there and they're listening and listening. We're listening and listening. And all of a sudden, we hear this. And we look up, and all of a sudden, these particles of the roof are falling on our heads. The dust is getting in our eyes, and we're watching as these four men, we look through the hole, and the first four faces up there of these men, and down from that hole comes a man lying on a bed and there are ropes connected to this bed. And now not just the particles are falling on my head, but this man now is being lowered into the room of which I'm standing and they're lowering this man and people they have to get out of the way because there's so many people in there and and they're trying to get this man to Jesus. Well, this man gets down, 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 down. This obstacle doesn't stop these men. They just push through. They don't care about the expenses. They don't care what people think. They just push through and get their friend down to Jesus. And look what happens. I mean, you can imagine what all, if we were there, if you were there, what would you be thinking? You would be thinking, I can't believe they did this. And all eyes are staring at the hole in the ceiling and this man that's been lowered down on the bed. 
But look at the next verse, verse 5. I described to you what you and I would have seen, but look at verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith. See, Jesus, of course, he may have felt particles falling on his shoulders. He, He may have even gotten some of that dust in his eyes. But that's not what he saw. He saw something that all those other people in that room didn't see. He saw their faith. And the next thing that Jesus says is, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Well, now, if Jesus says your sins are forgiven you, but they've gone to all this trouble of lowering down this crippled man, you and I would be saying, uh, Lord, it's not a sin problem here. Uh, it's a crippled problem. But that's not what Jesus sees. He doesn't just see the man that's crippled. He doesn't just see their faith. He sees there's something in this man that's hurting him worse than the disease that brought him there. And it's his own heart. It's his sin. It's his guilt. And you know, I don't know why Jesus said first that your sins are forgiven you. But Jesus does know that when we feel guilty or when we feel unworthy because of something we've done, that it makes us think that, well, God's not going to do anything for me because I just yelled at my wife. I just yelled at my kids. Um, I, I didn't clean my house. Uh, I, I ran a red light. I, I don't know what you did. I lied. I stole. I, I have unforgiveness in my heart. I don't know what. I don't know what. What keeps us from like having confidence before him? And Jesus wanted to remove that from that man. And he said, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. It's so amazing. It's so amazing. And you know what amazes me is that Jesus sees sin and sickness as the same power to forgive sins as to heal sickness. And and it says in verse 5, I read you verse 5, but look at verse 6. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemings like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately... When Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to forgive the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven you or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Verse 10, but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. 
Immediately he arose, took up his bed, and went out of the presence of them all, so that they all were amazed and glorifying God, saying, We never saw anything like this. Jesus viewed the problem not just as a man who was crippled, but as a sin problem. And he dealt with it, so he forgave the man's sins. He forgave the man's sins. Then he spoke to the man and he said, Arise, take up your bed and walk. Oh, this is a, such a great, great story. Jesus does not see any difference in the power to forgive sins or the power to heal our bodies. It's the same power. It's the same blood. Look with me at Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. And it's verse, verse 4. Listen to this. Surely he has borne our griefs. Talking about Jesus on the cross. And carried our sorrows. Well, the, those words are really sicknesses. And the word for sorrows in the Hebrew is pain. So he bore our sicknesses and he carried our pain. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. So now we see sicknesses and now we see our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. We see sicknesses and we see iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. So anything that would take your peace, that was on Jesus. And by his stripes, we're healed. Do you see that Jesus took our sins and our sicknesses on the cross? And for him, there's, it's no difference. It took the same amount of blood to forgive us our sins as it did to heal our bodies. There's some of you listening to me right now. You believe that when you say, Jesus, I'm sorry. Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, wash me with your blood. You repent just like the Bible says. And it says that he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you have trouble believing that he heals your sicknesses. But it's the same. It's the same blood. It's the same power. It, came out, it comes out of the same mighty Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that brings the power and the person and the presence of Jesus right into our midst. If you're struggling with sickness or disease, somebody right now, your heart's beating irregularly. Take a hold of that power because that power to heal you is right there. It's the same power that, that forgave you of your sins. It's the same power to heal you of that disease. Take that power right now. Jesus, he broke through all those obstacles. He broke through... He broke through they accusing him. He broke through their opinions. He broke through. He broke through obstacles to get to that man. That man 
broke those four men broke through obstacles to get through to Jesus. But there was that joining of that power. When Jesus saw that man, he didn't just see a crippled man. He saw his sins. He saw his guilt. That power touched that man, forgave his sins. Then he said, stand up, arise, take up your own bed and walk. The power that's in Jesus, the power that's in the Holy Spirit to not only forgive our sins, but to heal our diseases. Look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103. It's the same. It's the very same. The same power to heal your sicknesses and forgive your sins. Now this is David. And David had never experienced salvation. David did not have the Holy Spirit living inside of him. Jesus had not died on the cross, but he describes the power to look. It says, I'll start with the first verse because I love it so much. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Who forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. There it is. Same package, same power. If he can forgive your sins, he can heal your diseases. When Jesus was on that cross, yes, he took our sins. Yes, he took our separation from God. But Jesus hated any pain or disease or torment from disease that the devil would put on anyone. He hated it. And he took its horrible power and he took it on himself. Somebody's listening to me and you have arthritis. Jesus took that pain of arthritis on the cross. You don't have to carry that pain. I may have told you many years ago when I was pregnant with our first son, I would get so sick, so sick that, um, that I had to take medicine. Well, I found out when I got pregnant with Philip that I couldn't take that medicine because they found something wrong with that medicine. And I was throwing up so much, sorry to be so graphic, but I was so sick with Philip that I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't even drink water. Well, the doctor said, I found this one thing that's going to make you sleepy, but it's going to help your stomach. Okay, so I started taking that. Well, then I was listening to my husband teach that Jesus took all of our sicknesses and diseases on the cross. I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it. I'm listening to it. So one night I always took that pill before I went to bed so that I wouldn't be sick. And one night I said, okay, Jesus, you took my sicknesses. You took them. So I don't have to take them. I don't have to take them. And I said, I'm not going to take this pill tonight. I went to bed about three o'clock in the morning. I woke up, felt kind of sick. I said, nope, I'm not taking that pill. 
And I said, Jesus, you took my sicknesses and my diseases. So I'm not taking that pill because you took my pain. You took this horrible feeling. In about an hour, I fell asleep. I never took another one of those pills. When I got pregnant with Joel, I started getting sick again. I said, no, devil, I'm not taking that. Jesus took that from me. There was acknowledgement. There was a belief in my heart. Praise God. Jesus. It's not just words in the page. Jesus took on the cross my very sicknesses and very diseases. And he took yours also. You know that man that day, he didn't just get healed. He got forgiven. He didn't just get healed. He got forgiven. He didn't just get forgiven. He got healed. It's God's will for you right now. If you're listening to me, if you have pain of any kind in your body, to acknowledge, to see your Savior on the cross. You can name the disease arthritis, back pain, pain in your heart, paralysis, skin problems, lung problems, mental problems. He took it all on himself. And in taking it, he didn't want you to have it. He didn't want me to have it. In taking it, he wanted to take it from you. He put it on himself. He took it to hell. He punished and diminished and destroyed its power. Raised from the dead, victorious. Victorious over what? Victorious over sin. Victorious over sickness. Victorious over poverty. Victorious over hate. Victorious over worry. Victorious over fear. He was victorious over anything that would take your peace. And he's victorious over any kind of sickness that's tried to attach itself to your body. And he let it attach itself to him oh I want to pray with you yes the faith of God is rising in some of your hearts right now to receive that healing power that healing power one of you right now you're feeling heat in your body that is the healing presence of God you see friend he didn't do that in vain He didn't do that just so it could be some kind of story in the Bible. He took our pain, sicknesses, and diseases because he didn't want you to have them. He did not want me to have them. In his will, in his plan, is for us to walk in divine health. Not to embrace some kind of sickness on our body because a a relative had that. No, that's not for you. The blood of Jesus has made a a border against whatever was in your relative. You don't have to bear that. He took that. That blood that he shed was for you. It's not in vain. 
He didn't do it in vain. He did it. So you and I as believers in this last days, we would know him not as the healer in the Bible, but as the healer of our bodies. And then we have the confidence to tell somebody else, maybe they can't get into the hospital. Maybe you can't do, maybe you have not the medicine for them, but you've got hands and you say to them, friend, I want to tell you what Jesus did for me. I was sick and he healed me. And I know that on that cross, he took your sicknesses too. And because of that, he, I believe, and he's given me power through the Holy Ghost. And he said, I could lay my hands on the sick and they would recover. And friend, you might not understand, but I'm going to lay my hands if you let me. And I'm going to release the healing power of God because I know he is a healing God. You just do that. And you watch the sick be healed under your hands. It's not because of your hands, but it's because the power that by faith flows through your hands to that person. In these last days, we need to know that he 100% is the healing Jesus and that he took our sicknesses and diseases. That's well, been my privilege to be with you today to share this truth. I could give you a list of things that Jesus has healed me from. I'm so thankful. He is my healer and he's yours too. Well, I just say God bless you and I will see you on the next program. All of us want our relationships to grow and improve. For example, don't you want your marriage to be in better shape than it is right now? Even if things are going well, you probably see areas where it could be improved, right? In this candid 16-part series, Denise Renner hilariously and compassionately reveals areas where all of us can do better in our relationships and especially in our marriages. Sometimes little changes make big differences. Titles in this series include Help, My Mouth is Making Trouble for Me. Who is in control here? My mouth or me? I thought I was supposed to change it. Help me, Lord. I need to forgive. I thought I had already reached my forgiveness quota. Rick Renner says, this series is so awesome. Every person will laugh their way to transformation as Denise candidly addresses areas where we can all improve. This life-changing 16-part series is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $25. We are also offering you Denise's companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? for just $15 with genuine warmth and candor. Denise recounts the journey of her own struggles in marriage and the unique insights she learned along the way to attaining emotional health and happiness. Your life will be enriched by biblical wisdom as Denise sheds light on your path to happily ever after and shows you right where to begin again if you've lost your way. Don't miss this special offer. The entire 16-part series, School of Cinderella, and the companion book, Who Stole Cinderella? Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. 